My name is Stevie Anderson. I'm an astrologer, podcaster, host, writer, producer, business owner, Taurus, friend, lover, carb queen. Um, you know, the hyphens go on, but that's me. This is Coherence Podcast, the show about how multidisciplinary creatives and artists make sense of all the different things they do. Today, my guest is Stevie Anderson, also known as Spaghetti Witch, whose name really says it all, right? There's some play, there's some mystery there. She is someone who insists on enjoying what she does. And this conversation is really inspiring for people who are new to freelancing or really charting their own territory in the more entertainment, media, arts side of things. If you are just getting your sea legs to the freelance life, Stevie has been there, done that. She's got some lessons to share. So listen in and be with us. Here we go. You're a perfect person to be talking to. I'm so glad to be here with you. And yeah, I mean, you just can hear all the multiple things that you do. Um, it's a, it's it's a lot, and you seem like someone who's practiced at introducing yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just to kind of start out, what do you say when you're kind of in the room at a cocktail party type thing, and someone's like, "What do you get up to? How do you spend your time?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think figuring out which nouns resonate, I think, is very solid. Um, it depends. It depends on the room. I do dabble in different worlds. One being television. My my, I would call that my day job. My day job is in television. I own my own development and casting company called The Happy Hour. So when I first arrived in LA, just fell into TV. I, I think I heard that people all work in the industry, but I was like, I'm not going to. I can't, I used to be an image retoucher, a photo retoucher back when I lived in Chicago, and I got my BFA in photography. So again, totally different realms. I did do photography. I still do photography. So I guess I haven't included that in my nouns currently, but it is a noun that I can go to, photographer. Um, but it depends on the circle because I'm also a podcaster so and an astrologer. My podcast is a comedy astrology podcast. So if I'm around comedians, podcast people, astro people, I'll lean there. If I'm around TV people, I'll probably queue up with that to start. But I usually bring up everything because I they're all important to me and they all are equal balances of my life. I say astrology and podcasting is my night job because <laughs> I'm usually doing this in the evening times, um, sometimes during the day, but mainly at night. So yeah, I kind of divide it into this day to night, which is also very astrological in a sense of kind of my sun job and my moon job. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you bring up nouns, uh, you read my mind. I think sometimes I notice the pressure that we feel to put ourselves into nouns. And I get curious if people could exist in a world of verbs, if that would lighten some of the pressure, you know, to boldly declare I am a this or I am a that. Um, mm -hmm. But I wonder with your, your expertise in astrology, if getting to know oneself and describe oneself is something that You've, you've had more practice with? Mm, I think I mentioned 
I have my BFA in photography and I think art school also makes you have to declare a bit of what you're doing. Of course, I went to a multidisciplinary school that I forget what it's called, but we studied under this very German woo practicality called Bauhaus where you study a little bit of everything, um, which also sort of goes with what I'm doing now, which is a little bit of everything. And I think one of the first things artistic people have a struggle with is saying I'm an artist and saying it boldly and proudly. I think there's power in nouns and saying, no, I'm a writer. I am a host. I produce this. I do all the, I am, these are my jobs. And also I think when you can clarify what your job is, you can also get into what you should be compensated and what, how much work's actually going into this thing. I think too, and sorry, I do have my Mercury, my communication planet in Gemini. I talk fast. I have like 800 tabs open in my mind. So I will bop. I hope it all makes sense. But in TV too, working in television, every person has a job. So you're not going to ask props to do makeup, right? You need to declare all the things that you're doing together. So I think that there is power in stating all the individual things you're bringing to a project, even if that's multiple things. Like for podcasting, I am the host, but I'm also writing and producing. We do have, for our, our show, it's called What's Your Sign? I have amazing co-hosts, Julia Loken and Lisa Chanu. Uh, I am a Taurus. Lisa's a Taurus. Julia's a Sag. Just giving you a little rundown. But we do all these things and we have also, we do recap shows for Prime Video for their TV shows of, it's called In the Stars. So we do those TV recaps for them too. And yeah, like we made sure to get the credit as host and writer and producer because you want all those things because we might get an offer for a writing job down the line. And we're like, well, we're writers and or hosting is like, well, we're hosts. So we do really want to lay out all the things that we're bringing to the table. So I love the idea of like a label-less world but I do think that there's can be a reclaiming power of saying what you're actually doing on these specific projects yes yes and I hear that in the way you speak and and I love that you're even aware of the sort of equal weight to these different nouns that that feel like you and that you get to carry um it makes me wonder you went to this multidisciplinary school. Like, have you always felt like you had this multifacetedness to yourself or is this something that's maybe come on later in life? No, I've always been, you know, I'm sure if you're someone that relates to this, you've heard like jack of all trades, master of none, a dabbler, or, you know, distracted, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever that looks like. I've always been, I've just always been that way. I always have multiple interests. I like, this is like corny. It's like, I love different types of music and I love this. And like, I, I, I think it's fun to experience a lot of different things. I don't, I would, oh, if I was just like, I'm just a baker and I only, you know, listen to punk rock and that is me. I would feel so close. Like I, I do need to dabble in many things. I, Taurus, being a Taurus, I love the senses and pleasure and all those things but I mentioned my Mercury placement being Gemini and if I could astrologically attribute it I would say that that's very you know Stevie Nicks has a quote that's like I'm a Gemini I got to do a lot of things and it's like that's how I feel about my life and it gives me more zest for my other projects that I can dip away and come back and return it's kind of like falling in love all over again I love fresh starts too I'm an Aries moon so I love starting new things um learning how to finish is always <laughs> is like always the toughest part uh, or at least for me but no I've always just had my mitts in a lot of stuff and I don't think that quality 
was really uh what's the word I feel like that used to be like kind of shamed or shunned upon when I was more in high school and early college of of having having multiple hyphens usually represents that you don't know how to do anything is like the old I think phrase people would hear it's like oh I'm a DJ slash author slash blah 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 and it's like so you do nothing and now I don't think that's true and I think we are seeing that people do have to be their own marketing their own video editor their own PR all these things which I also don't think we should (laughs) that's also a lot to take on but um it's definitely when I realized doing these multiple projects didn't make me less me and I was having success in all of them as well as like oh okay well good for me (laughs) like I guess like I guess these things are doable and possible and I don't have to hide this part of myself or just only brand or advertise I don't know there's always there's the language of it all is always so like dare I say cringe where it's like my brand and my this or what I'm trying to put out there but having the parts of whatever you like of these projects come through and 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 hype that up for yourself I think is is important um so I don't know hyphen it hyphen it up is what I say I think hyphens are here here to stay (laughs) I I hope so I think I really love hearing how much you claim and own your love of variety and, and that word fun jumped out at me of just kind of what do I enjoy and what what, what actually is fun um, which sometimes mm-hmm. when we think about our careers or uh, identity it can feel kind of heavy and um, maybe the opposite of fun at times so I mm-hmm. I'm curious when you think about the thread if anything that Mm-hmm. kind of is woven throughout some of the, th- the things that catch your eye and sparkle like do you see a theme at all mm, of like the the realms that I dabble in I think yeah or even the projects that you're interested in like is there some kind of mm-hmm. like oh I know why I liked that thing or I know why I gravitated towards that it's that same part of me or I think um there's a few things that jump up I think one is people I do interact with people pretty much in every realm of my work with podcasting with astrology with television and casting I talk to a lot of people (laughs) and I I always hear like you're an extrovert and I'm like I think I am but I feel pretty ambi I I'm intrigued by people I do think people are interesting and I do want to know what's up with them and you know when I'm doing casting for example it's like I'm talking to chefs in Idaho and you know dads in Florida and you know like just people I would never speak to normally and same with astrology I really get to see people's lives in a very intimate way so maybe I'm just nosy and gossipy so I really get to dig into what people are getting into but also freedom I do I do like to be able to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it and I'm a freelancer so that might be like, oh, fuck, that's scary. I don't want to, you know, which is me at first when I landed in freelancing. When I first started in television and I first moved to L.A. in the end of 2015, I just got a job in TV and didn't know. I didn't even know it was a freelance job. I thought it was like a staff salary employee. And they're like, no, you work here for your, your job wraps next week. And I was like, oh, OK. And I had a very Devil Wears Prada boss. You know, I don't I don't know if I said. I go back and forth like I'm glad in a lot of ways that I had her rest in peace she passed away and there's some things in me where I'm like I do think we can 
treat people better <laughs> as, as boss people and employees. But I remember I was wrapping up my job and she was like, I was just telling her, I was like, oh my God, I don't have regular income and I'm freaked out. And what am I going to do? And she's like, look, you know, you get it. So you're going to work and you're going to freelance and then you're going to take two months off and go to Spain and then you're going to come back and you're going to work again and then you're going to go on this next trip and then you're going to have like pat like poof like like booms of work and then booms of slow and I really do like functioning in that way I like doing a lot at once and then hiding in a hole and then repeat (laughs) like I don't know if that's is the healthiest thing on earth, but it works for me. And I think that's the other thing too, is figuring out like some, figuring out what your deal breakers are. Like if you really need that steady, I know when work is and I only get five vacation days a year, then that works. I can't, I need ample time to wander and time off. And I know, I know for any freelancers like this beyond like you know you're it's like this is when you have regular work too I will say like and that takes time with freelance I was taking the worst jobs the first few years like worst bosses because that's the only people that can hire new people like you do just kind of have to power through and I'm glad like I I had great coworkers and I had people who were in that same boat who knew that we were all just powering through so that we can eventually make our own work so I think maybe that's just I have to sound like elder freelance person or whatever. But yeah, you're gonna have to take bad jobs to start and it sucks. And then just never work for those people again and get those connections to the next place that you're going to because it's just it can be one time. That's what I love about freelance. I was like, ooh, I can just I'm done with this person after eight weeks and I never have to see them again. And I I love like that's that's the, like that's like the motivation. I love seeing like the end of the tunnel where I'm like and then I get two weeks off and I'm going to go visit my mom or I'm going to go on this trip and then I'm going to work again for another eight weeks. So I don't know. I like the kind of going into the mine, doing my doing my thing and then taking that time away. Yeah, it sounds like you have some hard earned wisdom from many, many a job, many relationships and I while we're talking a bit about the identity of a multidisciplinary artist and creative, you strike me as someone who owns the addition of kind of those new nouns and those new layers to self that you're exploring and adding on. I'm curious if you've ever tried something on that just fit for a while and then it's it's not with you anymore. You've let it go or mm-hmm. maybe it even just kind of never really landed. Yeah. I, so a lot, a big turning point from when I went in my work in photography and retouching was I started doing stand-up comedy in 2013 and took classes at Second City. I've taken sketch classes and was like, okay, I'm going to be a comedian. That's my new life. I sit behind a computer. I don't speak to anyone for nine hours a day. That was my most isolated job was when I was working in photography and retouching. And then I started to do stand-up and did that for like, kind of half in half out you know I my co-hosts are stand-ups they're hilarious and I just can't stay up that late I like it was one of those things where I was like you know I don't think this lifestyle is for me and maybe one day it will maybe I'll dabble I love comedy I love being a funny person I love thinking of things through a comedic lens 
and I get to do that through our podcast. And I, I've also had radio shows. I had a radio show in college and then I had an independent radio show when I first moved to L.A. to this great independent station. I'm not sure if they're still functioning, but it's called Kate Chung um, that broadcasted out of Chinatown. They play all alternative shows and programming and we're super cool. So I've always been in broadcasting and radio. But yeah, like actually going out and hitting the stand up streets like was fun for a minute. And then. You know, I think going back to the fu- what I just said is fun. I was like, oh, I have to go to an open mic. Or uh. once you start to feel that bitter Betty, uh, I think that's kind of all the info you probably need. And of course, I just went on that rant about powering through. But it's like this was my extra extracurricular activity. <laughs> like this, no one was. This wasn't for a paycheck, right? Or for because I have to show up. I signed a contract and I did this job. So I think that's the one that comes to mind. Never say never. I can always return. But I put that, I put kind of put that away and focus more on the podcasting astrology sort of angle. And it just, I, when things click, they click. I'm very, I don't, I, I'm, I was just talking to my therapist about this today. I was like, I'm very like, if I see an apartment, I do a lot of research and I go, always go with the first one I see. And if I try an outfit, like, I, I'm like pretty low maintenance at the end of the day. And I would rather put in more time to research the things that I'm interested in and then show up and be like, yeah, cool. It hit all the parameters I wanted. And that was the one. And I don't worry too much if the grass is greener because I like what I'm seeing in front of me right now. So if it ends up being greener, I think I'll know because I might be bored in like a year. So I just sort of go off of what's in front of me in the moment. I'm basically a goldfish. Like I don't really, I, if I thought too far ahead or too much in the past, I might go nuts a little bit. So I am very, I mean, some might debate. I don't think I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily present, but I am definitely uh, present of what's currently in front of me. Well, I admire you for having tried stand-up comedy and um, I know that's not for the faint of heart. Yes. No, it's like, it's like you're hearing the worst people's jokes and you have to have camaraderie and then there's some obviously there's some amazing people if you've been to an open mic you know it's mainly bad so it's just it's a slog and it's it's also just a different like light it is a different life it is staying up late i love to sleep it just did a we just it's like when you're dating someone you're like you live too far away so this is just never gonna work what i love about that that story is that you decided stand-up comedy wasn't going to work but you still get to be that funny person like it didn't take away the part of you that has Mm -hmm. amazing jokes and like brings humor to a lot of the things that you do um and -hmm. I think that's a choice a lot of people have to make of kind of like yeah what is working and I I like hearing you talk about kind of following what clicks what flows Mm -hmm. trusting your kind of energetic I don't know if it's intuition or just that like Mm -hmm. that feeling I've had many psychics when I go to psychics again I'm an astrologer I'm into the woo so I I use all resources but I've had many psychics when I show up they're like you're psychic why are you here and I'm like I know but I'm just afraid to tap into my power and it's a lot and they're like just do it I'm like okay fine but I do this is the one I, I don't like to prepare too much either. So I didn't really prep anything or I, I just like to go off the cuff in most areas of my life. My fiance would complain because I'm the type of person that puts together things for my kid, doesn't read the instructions and ends up breaking the screw. And, you know, it's like, why didn't you just stop and read it? It's like, I don't have time. Let, let, I can just figure this out. Um, so, you know, there's 
I could read things and slow down, but who has the time? But there was one piece of advice that I did want to share that is stuck with me from this psychic I saw long ago when I was in this very, all these questions you're asking were what I was asking to her. I was like, I want to be a creative and in comedy, but I work in TV. So like, what am I supposed to do? And like, I want to do astrology and I want to do this, but what am I supposed to do? And she was just like, she put her hands up. I don't know if this will translate to a, this audio medium. She put her hands up and she's like, you're running two trains. And she put her hands and she's like, see them going. And she was just gliding her hands forward, doing this motion of two hands following the same track. She's like, you're running two trains. And one train's not going to run without the other. But one train might eventually break away. But you have to keep both trains running. And I was like, whoa. Because one was my more creative side and one was the one that was paying me and I was like but I want to do the one that's creative she's like well you're not gonna have much time for creativity if you're struggling for cash and I was like basically it was like the moral of the story the moral of the story with the train you know analogy and I was like oh so that's when I started to ask for higher paying positions in my work that had less responsibility and I was just like okay how am I gonna tackle this because I do have to support myself I do have to pay rent and bills and student loans and healthcare and all the you know horrible things that we have to spend tons of money on all the time so I that god when was it that was probably like 2017 was like a really big turning point where I was like okay I gotta that was when I was still kind of awesome like I'm doing this and it's such a bummer I wish I could be doing this but I'm doing that and that was when I kind of had she kind of clocked me to just be like you're doing it so keep doing it and I was like damn I am doing it I'm just whining about it so I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot and make this work because yeah I wouldn't be able to do all these creative things without them paying and now those creative things do pay as well so now I'm just doing both and I'm still in my mind I'm still running the trains I think one is gonna eventually part ways you know and the other might dip off maybe that's TV maybe that's astrology I don't know but I'll find out which train really is like a runaway train one of these days but it's just not yet yeah there's so many decisions that freelancers have to make that you know if you're just in a regular nine-to-five job they're decisions within your job but it's different you're not Mm -hmm. choosing do I do this today where do I spend my time and there can be some decision fatigue um Mm-hmm. And you've already started talking about this, but I am curious, like, how do you take all these different things that you do and orient them or map them to time? Like, how do you know what to do uh, when you wake up and what to do? That's the hardest part, probably. I'm horrible at time management. I am a huge procrastinator. Yes, I will agree that oh, those articles where procrastinators are actually just really good at time management because they're waiting to the last possible second to do something. But um, I wish that was, it doesn't feel true to me. Like I'll read those things. I'm like, yeah, sure. I wish I could just get this done in this window of time that I've opened. But luckily for me, both realms of my life with astrology, podcasting, and then the other realm of television are very results oriented or deadline oriented. For the podcast, we put on a new episode every Monday. I don't think we've missed a Monday since we started in February 2018. And when I started the podcast, when we started the podcast, I didn't look up like when's the optimum time to 
post or do this or any of that stuff we still don't we just kind of post when we feel like we don't we don't try to be we're already making the podcast so the whole like memes and posts and social we're like you're already getting a podcast so I'd rather put out something that's good than like force ourselves to make content because no one there's enough content out (laughs) there's enough but there's an episode every Monday so I know we have a schedule we know that we have to we, we, we typically record on Tuesdays it's hard to organize three people. Um, I always seem to work in threes because my podcast is three people and then my, my the happy hour, my television company is also three people total, including me. So I work in trios, it seems like. I don't know why. But the power of three. It's because there's always someone there to like catch catch the ball or put out the fire or something. <laughs> so it is nice, especially if you're starting from scratch to have you know other hungry people that want to do the same thing that you want to do. But no, the podcast kind of gives me a deadline. <laughs> so that's nice. And then... In casting, you know, when we get a project from a company, it will be like, say it's a dating show. Hey, we need 20 daters in this eight-week time period. And here's our pitch schedule. You need to present us five this week, space out five this week. So I think I naturally work in fields that have these kind of built-in deadlines. Now, when it comes to like cleaning my closet or like making creative time, it's just when I when there's that space <laughs> that when like when it's like oh wow there is a moment in between where I have time but my two work realms definitely keep me on my own track. Yeah, so your work has a lot of deadlines built in, um, and that's been helpful to you. It's interesting, even with the podcast, like your podcast. I mean, I think I saw two hundred twenty episodes or something crazy. Like, yeah, been really working at it for a while and I, I think about designing things as a creative you could have said I'm gonna do a season of a podcast release mm. and then not committed to that kind of release schedule but at some point it seems like you made that choice to create that structure yeah we really I mean that's the other I'm very about just kismet happenings as well and you know, when we gathered, when Julia recruited me for the podcast, um, she was like, let's just start recording. Like, we didn't think much about it. We just kind of started recording because also maybe it's the art school mentality in me. Your first art is going to suck. It is not going to be good. I do not want to listen to those first probably 50 episodes. I'm sh- sure they're not great. I know this is a new podcast. Sorry. I hope this doesn't suck, but it might, you know, like <laughs> we're, you're, it's the beginning. Of course, everyone looks back at the first things you've made and goes, Ugh. or even the clothes you wear. Like that's just style and time and trends and where you're at now. And it's hopefully a different person than when I, who I was in 2018. I mean, if this last few years didn't make us all pretty different, uh, I'd be like, what's going on with you? Um, so I th- we didn't think much about it. We kind of just started doing with the idea that it's probably going to change or it's probably going to hopefully get better. Um, and then also just when we started, I mean, when we started, there was really a hole missing in the astrology world for comedy. Um, I think there still is, to be honest. I think we're kind of still the only people really doing this. Uh, you know, we're friends with a lot of astrologers and friends with a lot of people in the community. And I love their work. I love everyone's work. But it does lean a little like mellow and woo and we're we're just there to be fun and dumb. And, you know, I think there is power in sharing stories about how you feel about astrology adds to your learning about astrology. The interaction you had with the Virgo this week. Let's unpack that. Like what what about their Virgo-ness 
pushed you over the edge because you probably have some we all contain the multitude of the signs so uh yeah I can't remember what the question was but we just kind of we just started going but we did really make the commitment to always have consistent episodes and even if say it's a holiday we'll re-release an old episode you know like it's you're still gonna get an episode in your feed that Monday and we're still gonna be like hey we're here and when we started to the fact that no one had had taken the name what's your sign was kind of like well there you go that's the like duh here we are. <laughs> like that's ready to go let's just like again run this train so and it just it just like really I don't know I don't know it just kind of blasted off but to be fair at that time when we launched I was in a very boring office casting job and I was just following anyone who like I was running our Instagram and I was just following anyone who followed anything like Chani Nicholas or any of the Susan Miller like if you followed them I followed you I was like okay I'm gonna start organically being a bot <laughs> like out of my office job where I did four emails a day and didn't do much so I was like this is the perfect time I'm gonna treat this like I'm a paid social media person for our podcast I'm emailing writers you know to write us up so we got like an early write-up in nylon and that like that really just helped us go but it was really if I was in a very busy or stressful job at the time it I don't know I, I, mean, I do think I'm like wow I actually had the time and resource to help us launch um so I'm glad I had a really boring job at the time because I could just do other stuff on the clock I hope everyone who has a very boring you can work do other stuff on the clock job does that because just do it. I'm I'm really of if you're if they're paying you out the ass and giving you good benefits, then be a good employee. But if they're like if they're give them as much work as they're paying you is always my thought. And if you can squeeze in your creative time on the company dime, like maybe this is like not legally great advice, but I'm just gonna say go for it because that's how I've launched a lot of projects is on the time of <laughs> of, other, of other companies. And look. Yeah, everyone does it. I hope. I hope everyone's doing that because it really can give you that. Okay, I'm already like dressed in, in, you know, that was again pre pandemic. I'm already dressing in an office. So, like, I'm going to shoot off some emails that's helped me in the midst of all the other emails things that I'm doing today. Totally. Yeah. And makes me think of, I think I, in an ideal world, all of us would be doing the thing that we enjoy, you know, for a larger percentage of our time. Uh, there's the phrase, your zone of genius, right? Kind of where your gifts and skills really come to shine. And I'm curious for you, when you think about all the different things you do, how much of your time would you estimate really gets to be in that zone of genius um, as opposed to, you know, some of the, okay, I got to send some emails. I got to do some scheduling or admin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like I do do a lot of admin, but I do find something semi-meditative about it. I used to work back. I've like always worked. I was, I I think my mom put me to work like illegally at like 13, like just always work. I was selling furniture for commission at like 14 years old, hair salon, like just always working. So I do have a bit of, uh, I'm not a workaholic because I'm a bit of a slacker at my core, but I do love mindless databasey sort of thing sometimes because I do kind of feel like it lets me zone out in a specific sort of way but I get a lot I feel like the zone of genius might be a little bit different for me because I do get a lot out of and I have astrological reasonings for this out of just 
taking in art like when I watch a television show I absolutely love read a book I absolutely love listening to music that's when I'm feeling it and that's like I can't just sit down and be like time to be creative right now do do your artist way pages or do you know do whatever this is for me it's really immersing in art makes me think of things that I want to make so maybe a different zone but that's my that's my ideal zone it's like oh my god I'm gonna like maybe watch a movie I've seen 8,000 times but it it always takes my brain in a new direction that might make me want to think about a new podcast topic or, you know, make me think about astrology in a different way or make, give me an idea for, cause I also take out and pitch my own uh, unscripted shows to different production companies. I'm like, Oh my God, that could be its own show. And so I do, I think when people like, are like, Oh, I watch TV all day. It's like, that's good. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think that can be a really good place. I mean, it depends on the person. I've also tried to not, I've tried to like make my viewing really feel like I didn't waste time I hate the phrase like wasting time but I know when I'm zoning out television wise to like distract and when I'm like kind of being pushed to think about something different so I I try to do that but we all you know we all need our realms of rest too so yeah I'm obsessed with television movies media in general and you're you're involved in that world and it makes me think of you know some people listening, depending on what mediums you're in, I love that takeaway of kind of warming yourself up to it, like not expecting yourself to go from zero to, you know, 100 at the drop of a hat in terms of your creativity. But how do you put yourself in a context or a situation that sort of inspires you or mm-hmm. warms you up to it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you, a lot of people who are freelancers can work independently. And I hear that you have these trios in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious how, how you think about your, your work, like in, in terms of being more solo or independent or having kind of collaborators or even a team, like what, what's the, the language or the framing that you think about your constellation of, of people? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm surrounded by good, good folks. I have great friends and I've, I think that's something, you know, I'm very thankful for that because I've always just been a person that seems to have friends that are basically family um, and that really step up and then also want to go into these wild ventures (laughs) with me that involve time and resources and money and all those things. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I have like a cool answer, I will say the hardest thing is scheduling, <laughs> like just logistically speaking, doing things alone is much easier to schedule because it's just on you. But also not being too precious on who does what as long as everything's getting done, I think is also really beneficial and not being afraid to critique each other's work, you know, and to push each other to do better and um or I'm like, again, I have a design background, so I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to that. So I will say like, change the font, like, let's go, let's, uh, color's not right. Like I do have a design mind. Um, so that might be annoying to my, to my cohorts on both departments, but I do think that design can repel people away. So let's do the best to bring people in. So yeah, and I just love, I, I don't know, I love a team. I like a team effort. I do like 
knowing there's something about it's not all in me <laughs> that does feel a bit relieving or if we're fucked if i'm fucked we're fucked so cool down we you know down we go with the ship but ultimately just it's nice to feel supported and especially in a, for the podcast i mean we uh, we i don't know why we we kept recording during the pandemic the entire time and really never took a break when we probably should have i think everyone deserved a break during that time but it was also very cathartic and therapeutic to talk to them like after I'm done recording I'm always like I needed that (laughs) like I needed to get that out and chat with you because it really made me think about myself or the people in my life or astrology in a new in a new way so I'm really thankful to have people to, to brainstorm and soundboard and do all those things off of because yeah I don't know I like I like to, I like doing stuff with people. I'm a big like I should probably go out to dinner and like movies alone more, but I'm 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 social. I do bring people out with me. <laughs> yeah, there's something so special about the creative friendship or a friendship that does have some sort of collaboration in it as well. I've I'm speak for myself. I found that's just a different dimension to connect over and a different way to form intimacy. So mm-hmm. it seems like you're pretty rich in these <laughs> special relationships I'm balling yeah when it comes to that and there is something I can't remember it was some friend of mine who also had a podcast that I think ended up you know wrapping up and ending it's like well when am I gonna see you so there is something about this for scheduling that it's like you are very close and it's like even if I'm not gonna see you for a fun uh, air quotes fun social occasion I'm gonna chat with you today about the job we're getting done and I trust you and I know that if I have an emergency dental appointment you're gonna pick it up and I don't have to be like excuse me boss this per-. like it's like no this is like we're equal parts and I think that that's also really important in terms of dynamic and power structures feeling it feels very 33.333 percent on all on these two trio projects that's awesome. That's really, really special. And yeah, I'm, I encourage people to experiment with collaboration. And it's not that it's easy, right? You're asking for feedback. You're opening up to each other's critique I mean, and perspective. Suck, you know, like there's mm-hmm. there's absolutely realms and you might work better alone. But I think having a clear expectations too, I think that's something I've done with, with both trios is hey we need to record this many times per month to get this done I am very into scheduling and and those sorts of thing of like because I'm very I like a work smarter not harder it's like if we record twice this week and then three times this week we could be off for two weeks or we could do this or I can this or if uh, so knowing where people have strengths I'm also the kind of person depending on the task it's like hey I might not instinctually know to do this tell me to do this I will not be offended I don't take it personally, even though as I say this, I'm like, I can actually take a lot of things personally, but I try not to because if it's business, I'm very good at kind of putting on my blinders, not taking things too personally in my personal life. Then I, I'm like a very touchy, touchy feely person, but I'm very, it's just business. I love, especially when we're working in the television realm, working with these big clients, these huge production houses, you know, I'm talking to my team like, Hey, we need to take out these exclamation points. We need to make this matter of fact. And look, I love being a femme person and saying like and um all the time and exclamation point. But with these people, we need to show our power as well and remove any passive language. And I think that that, you know, that does take practice and learning to um, 
be authoritative a little bit in what you're doing. So, yeah, I, I'm like, I don't know if you allow swearing, but I'm like, I keep being like, yeah, you kind of have to like be like a bossy little brat bitch. And like, I don't know, like, I don't I back to the devil wears part of like sometimes I like like leaning into like, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm not being like soft and nice. Like, excuse me, pardon me. It's like, no, this is what's happening. And this is actually how much this costs. And this is actually what's realistically what I can get this to you by. Because if you sign up for something you don't want to do, then you have to still do it. And that's the worst. When you agree to a bad project or something, oh, that's the, you're like, I should have never taken this thing. Ooh. You're shaking your head like, yep, yeah, we've all been there. Where it's like, <laughs> no, it's- why did I agree to this thing that's paying me nothing and they're on mm-hmm. my ass and it like, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This is a good segue. You, you talk about personal separation from business. And if we're to think about the money side of business, I mean, you're doing so many different things. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how the money piece factors in. Does it dictate kind of what you prioritize and focus on? Or how do you manage the financial side of all this? Yeah, it's it can be feast or famine, right? There's ebbs and flows. Um, I How do I? I'm like, how do I manage? I mean, luckily... The television is a well-paying enough that it keeps me, again, that keeps the trains running. So I'm, I, I am grateful. I have that. When, when astrology and podcasting overtake that, we do get income from there, but it's not enough to live on. It's enough to like feel like okay, people are appreciating this work and we're we're doing this thing. But how do I manage? I don't know. I. I'm just really my mom always says like is it shrimp or spaghetti and when I'm balling and like have a lot of freelance jobs going in a lot of money coming in I I get out and go to concerts and do the things I like to do and when it's spaghetti you know it's I love a meal plan I get down to the scent I have spreadsheets I know what I'm you know in terms of groceries, especially grocery price, prices going up so much, like I know what I'm eating for the next like six, seven days. And it really just depends. I love apps that like round up my money and hide it from me. I'm really into that. My my business partner at the happy hour, Kate, was like, you need to start a Vanguard Roth IRA. Like, you know, so I have like, I do have good people around me who are like, do this thing. And I'm like, okay, I will. But I don't know. I mean, on a personal note, my my dad what he's still alive but what was a gambling addict and i've seen people i've i've seen him throw away money you know like i've seen him lose a lot and i'm really thankful i i guess my trauma response was to go the opposite i'm a saver i love a i love a goal i love a plan on the calendar i love something to look forward to so signing up for like a 10 week job because i know i'm going to take a long weekend with my girlfriends is that's what I'm working for. Like I'm working for the reward. So yeah, I've seen, I've seen not having money. I've seen not having money and I don't want to be there. Uh, Uncut Gems was triggering for me. I was like, wow, okay, this is, yeah, gambling sucks. Like for me, you know, if you're winning, good for you, but you'll probably lose eventually. Um, so yeah, I think money's always been a very present topic when I was a kid because it was a huge issue in my home so I don't know and I've 
my my mom has always said this about me too. She's like, I don't know how, but you just make it work. And I'm like, I know, I I know, and I I know everyone probably hates hearing that because like, well, how do I make it work? But I do think at a certain point you do have to follow the money a bit. And when I was living in Chicago, I kind of hit my ceiling of how much money I could make. I was working. It was, it was like 2015, and I was working at a big. T- big tech company that was paying me nothing and of course and was doing photography and retouching and I just like have had it had enough and I heard my friends in LA and New York were making more and I was like screw the cost of living being more I'll figure that out and by percentage wise I'm if you scale it I'm saving so much more living in a place that has like a very robust marketplace for the stuff that I'm trying to do so I'm not saying your solution is oh go move to New York and LA where there's jobs especially now because you can get those New York and LA jobs and probably live wherever the hell you want which is really the probably trick and secret now but I think it is figuring out the deal breaker things that you want I love overpaying for my dumb apartment in LA and and all the things there and it makes me happy I don't feel like I need to go off and go somewhere else or I don't know I don't know if this is like a long make sense answer but I think yeah I mean sometimes you just have to find where is actually compensating and I do think things are changing now with the great resignation and with people having more wage transparency and also just being like why would I want to do anything for less than $20 an hour at the minimum period like people need to just fork over the money come on (laughs) like like we're all working so hard and we're all making more stuff than ever before so what's the excuse so I do think astrologically I think that we're seeing a lot because Uranus the planet of change is in the sign of Taurus which is in values and money and things so I do think that we are seeing this push for fair compensation which look I came from the generation that did a lot of unpaid internships and uh that sucked <laughs> like and I mean I learned some things I guess but damn they should have paid me that that was like illegal in retrospect so I think things are hopefully changing for folks to get what they deserve or or to argue the opposite way if you're not getting paid what you deserve then you need to do less work so I think scaling down to what is the appropriateness I think is also what I encourage for for people if they're still kind of figuring out their money journey it's like well if they're not gonna if they don't have the budget then scale down what you can match it to the pay is what is my thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Picking up from you how adaptable and responsive you are in, in many realms and you bringing up the time of transition and change. I might ask what role you think creatives and artists can play for our society, for our world at large in this sort of like, pandemic time where are we Mm -hmm. space oh I mean art is everything Uh, we need artists we need I mean that's the I think that's the only thing that makes me sad like I don't know just thinking of like warehouse studio art culture having having affordable spaces for artists um the, the United States doesn't seem to really have much in terms of grants and that that sort of things and I hope those things will change and I know we have all these apps that can generate you like graphic design and generate you these things but there really is you know someone that's studied or or not even had to been educated but really into design or art or photography sculpture performance art whatever it might be 
I mean, we need art. It makes people like you don't have to like it. it. Just might make you think about things in a in a different perspective. And I think not everything needs to be easy and digestible and comfortable. So I don't know. Again, if I have a a elegant answer to that, but just that it is important. It's important as hell. I mean, I yeah, I think that's maybe the the rising cost of everything is just like really a trip. So I'm I hope people don't get discouraged on art making or that it has to be what makes you money either like art can just exist for art's sake no that's i love that simple message art is important we need it and i know groundbreaking here news <laughs> art is art is cool art yeah. is important art rocks i mean it's true i mean i think everything i think that's everything looks very the same right now and um you know, gradients and text and what I like, I, there's just such it's we, we as like a larger societal corporate media knows how to make things almost look indie and unique and they're not. And, and then, But you know, when something is, and I think that's the, it's kind of the wild thing about these times is there's so many talented, creative people making so much cool stuff. And it just doesn't even, it might even get put out there but it gets it's like you forget about it the next day like the the retaining of people or interest is so fast um i don't i again nothing cool to say about it. it's just like wow okay like even just say like you know like netflix we'll put out like a big show you watch it you you talk about it for four days and then it's gone <laughs> and then it's like disappeared and it's like that took a lot of time talent money effort and it's just like that's and then it's gone so Again, nothing, I don't have like solutions or a report, just more like, damn. So I think that's the other thing too. I, I, my art advice, if you will, is not to, not to be too like, I'm going to wait until I can do that. Like just, I'm very Nike, just do it. Especially if you're making, like for us with the podcast and just making memes or infographics or stuff about astrology, it's like, who cares? Like just throw it up. Like it's, it's it's a post. It's a meme. It's like. People are going to forget about this. They're either going to forget about this in four seconds or it will go viral or whatever. <laughs> you know, so it's one of the two. It's rarely in between. Or maybe it does go medium well and then also great. Who cares? So, yeah, I think not being too precious, especially if it's an Internet related thing, is definitely my advice. Again, Aries Moon. I'm very like, let's move. Let's go. I don't have time. It's fine. Looks good. Oh wait, there is a misspelling. My bad. I'll repost it. You know, like I, that's I'm very that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you're full of hard-earned wisdom, and I'm just so grateful for your your time and and all your stories today. And I'm curious where other people can find you. Where can our listeners oh. check you out? Uh, you can check me out. I'm at spaghetti underscore witch so spaghetti like the food which like a witch <laughs> um on pretty much all platforms i also have a website stevies.world um i hope you link me on the show notes so follow the links if not look it up yourself but at spaghetti underscore witch that's stevies.world and listen to what's your sign podcast new episodes every monday we won't miss one is <laughs> as you've heard wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Beautiful. Amazing. I hope everyone can can check Stevie out. And you've already heard some 
helpings of comedy and astrology insight. I feel like I've learned a lot in this. What's your sign? <laughs> I'm a Taurus too. So, oh, there yeah, we go. There we go. We're just we're just holding up these walls with our bare hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, TV. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, let's break it down. So the thing I want to focus on from my conversation with Stevie is her fun and her love of just really enjoying the work that she does. I think that's the promise of a freelance life, right? Especially as a creative where you get to stitch together the different things that really excite you. And in theory, you should really be able to have this very vibrant career where you're just jumping from thing that you like to thing that you like. And some people have really been able to cultivate that, maybe even offloading some of their admin, some of the more humdrum tasks to other people and found a system that works for them. I'm sure that's taken a bit of time, but most people find that they're there's a little bit of a cost to this lifestyle. Maybe you get to do more of what you like to do, but you do have to endure more uncertainty when it comes to bringing in money and income. And I think Stevie's story or anyone who's tried many different types of freelancing jobs, who has lived through and stuck with the freelance lifestyle through the ups, through the downs, through the bad bosses, whatever it may be, they they kind of earn their badge and they, they are aware of the fact that things will get better or things that they do come around. Um, and even though it still can be scary in between those times where there's a lull in work, really one of the skills that you need to hone is one, just sitting with that discomfort a little bit more, or maybe even just trying to figure out what level of financial security you need in order to be off on that vacation time or really spending the time off that you have in a way that you're enjoying it and right and not just fretting about when you're going to get the next job. So Stevie, admits that this lifestyle is not for everyone. And I've seen the same with my coaching clients. I'd say if someone is interested in exploring this lifestyle, that that is definitely the word I would reemphasize. Explore, try it out, see how it, it suits you. Does it fit your nervous system? Does it fit your risk tolerance? Can you find yourself stretching into new comfort levels with not exactly knowing where the next client is going to be? Or maybe if you're someone who does like to do some more structured planning, how can you set up your system that assure you that you are on track, right? So so all this is to say that it's not easy. It's not the easiest path to choose. Things are always going to be hard and you can choose what subset of difficulties you'd rather have. Would you rather be able to endure some of the pain that comes from not knowing what your next gig is going to be, what your next job is, how much money it's going to be? Or would you rather endure the pain of knowing what your job's going to be for the next how many years if you just stick with this job and and doing something that's maybe not as exciting or thrilling, but is a bit more stable? There can be pain in both. And sometimes it takes looking in the mirror and really being honest with yourself about which which kind of lifestyle, which kind of discomfort you're willing to to go for. 
And of course, that's a negative framing, I would say. The inverse of that is is the flip side, right? Where, where does the meaning and excitement come from? Where do you yourself want to stabilize? And I think instead of feeling pressure for there to always be a stable, for everything to be known and regimented and to have perfect habits, what I love about Stevie's example is that she really has found something that works for her. And she's aware that it doesn't work for everyone else. And part of what our job is for our personal development is just to figure out what does work for us. And unfortunately, or fortunately, the only way that you can really find out what that is, is to just keep trying things. So I encourage you to take a minute to reflect on where some of the pain is showing up in your professional life, if, if ever, and weigh that against some of the pain that you imagine being in alternate career paths and ask yourself what you're willing to endure, what you're wanting to choose. And then maybe ask yourself if you're curious about another lifestyle, another way to relate to your work, how can you test it out? How can you prototype it to get even a glimpse of what it might feel like for you to do that kind of work? All right, food for thought for you all. Have a beautiful rest of your day. We hope to have you listening in soon. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and hearing Stevie's thoughts on how to figure out your deal breakers, use built-in deadlines to your advantage, and the importance of keeping two trains running. 